just yesterday, not just tomorrow, but forever and forever and forever and forever and forever. Lord God, you are worthy of all glory, honor, and praise, Lord God. Hallelujah. Bless your holy name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you. Lord, you are welcome in this place. You're welcome. You're welcome, Father. You're welcome. Glory to your mighty name, Jesus. You are holy. You are worthy, God. Hallelujah. We honor you. We bless your name. Thank you for your presence, Lord. We invite you in this place. Have your way, Lord God. Move as you see fit, Father. Bless your mighty name, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, thank you for the power that is in your name, Lord God. Thank you, Father, that when we call on your name, it brings change, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that your presence commands atmospheres, Lord God. Hallelujah, your presence commands change. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we cultivate your presence in this place, Father. We honor you. We yield this place to you. We yield these vessels to you, Father God. Hallelujah. Glory and honor belongs to you, O oh God. Hallelujah. Lord, you are good. And your mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we raise a joyful noise to you this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to your holy name, Jesus. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for your peace, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for every gift you have given us just this morning, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the blood running warm in our veins. Father, thank you for the activity of our limbs, Lord God. Thank you, Father, for the ability to do for ourselves, Lord God, and for those of us who need assistance, Lord. We thank you for providing assistance, Father. Thank you, Lord, for healing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for healing our physical bodies. Thank you, Father, for healing our hearts. Thank you, Father, for healing our emotions, Lord. Thank you, Father, for holding us in the palm of your hand and never letting us go, Lord God. We could go on and on and on. Lord God, there is always something to thank you for. There's always something to be grateful for when you are involved, Lord God. As far as you are concerned, we will never be able to thank you enough, but we will continue, Lord God, to make the effort to bring your name glory. And we will continue to say thank you, Father, not just for what you have done, Lord God, not just for what you are doing, Lord, not just for what, for what you are about to do, Father, but for simply who you are, Lord God. You are deep and you are wide and you are here and you are there and you are high and you are low and you are in between and you are all throughout, Lord. You are everywhere. You are everything, Lord God. You are worthy of all glory, honor, and praise. We cannot describe your greatness enough, Lord God, but you are worthy. Hallelujah. And just because we are limited in our speech as human beings, God, that does not put a cap on who you are. It doesn't put a cap on how great you are, how mighty you are. Hallelujah. 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 Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Have your way in this place, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, for the mightiness that is in your hands. Thank you for your power, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you have the power to change and to turn and to fix. Hallelujah, hallelujah, and to lift. 
hallelujah, and to pull down, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for all the ways that you are involved in our experience on this planet, Lord God. You do things for us that we don't even know you're responsible for, but we thank you, God, for being our covering, for being our shield, Lord God. Thank you for your blood that has kept us when we didn't know we were being kept, Lord God. Thank you, Father, for those of us who tried to get away from you, Lord God, but you still kept us. You still put your hedge of protection around us, Father God, and you didn't let us get away. You only continue to pursue us, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for those of us, Lord, that are in spaces right now, Lord God, where you are pursuing us and we don't know it. Thank you, Father, for those of us who are walking away from you right now, who are unsure of who you are and what you're all about. You continue to pursue us, Father. And I thank you, Lord, for loving us that much, that you are that concerned, that you are that persistent, Lord God, not just to love us, Lord, but to show us how much we are loved and for us to understand how much you are in love with us. Thank you, Lord, for your limitless pursuit of us, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It is so easy for us to give up on things, God, but you never quit. God, you have been chasing after us since the beginning of time, and we say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for starting generations back, Lord God, and for chasing us down through the years, Lord. Thank you, Father, and thank you, God, that we are not disappointed when we meet up. Thank you, Father, that when we have an encounter with you, it is better than we even expected, Lord God, because you are a God that exceeds expectation. Hallelujah. You're a God that exceeds expectation, Father, and I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, that you exceed expectation. Thank you, Father, for the faith to expect, Lord God, your word says that exceedingly and abundantly, above all we can ask or think, that's what you deliver, Father, so help us to expect high. Help us to keep our faith high. Help us to keep our expectation high, Lord God, because you will only ever exceed what we expect. You will only ever go beyond and above, Lord God, and far, far, far past what we can even ever come up with. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for getting us here safely, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for keeping us on the highways, Lord God, from the drunk driver, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for keeping us undistracted on the roads, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, for your hedge of protection and your angels, Father, that not only guarded our homes while we slept, Lord God, and kept out the intruders. Lord, I thank you, Father, for your angels that accompanied us here today, Father. Thank you for your angels, Lord God, that cover us as we go about our days, Lord God, that we don't see, that we don't hear that we don't feel and I thank you Lord for those that we that we entertain unawares Lord God thank you Father for those encounters that we can't explain Lord God because they are all from you Lord Jesus thank you thank you Lord thank you Lord we are humbled in your presence you are great and you are mighty hallelujah we honor you this morning we honor you God we bless your name thank you Jesus you deserve our praise. You deserve our worship, Lord God. We offer it from our hearts, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all, we serve a God who can literally do anything. It can be hard to imagine what anything 
but he can literally do anything. Anything. If you can think it, he can do it. Not only can he do it, but he can do it in a way that you never would have imagined. He can do it. I pray that you are never in a situation where you need a grave turned into a garden, but in the case that you do end up in a space like that, have faith in the fact that you serve a God who is still able to use your lowest spot, your darkest position, your most painful hurt. If you could think of something in your life that caused you to bleed like no other, bring something beautiful out of that. There's a song that says, he took me and made something beautiful out of my life. He took a wretch like me to show his love and concern, and by his grace, he made my life a new and better one. I owe him my all. I'll never let him down, for he's the one who made something beautiful out of my life. Things that are always beautiful are typically not called beautiful. They just always are. They just already are. But isn't it funny how some of the things that are considered the most beautiful are made out of something else? Mosaics, for example. You gotta break glass, you gotta make a mess. Something has to be shattered. And then everybody marvels at this wonderful art piece. Why? Because it was made beautiful from broken pieces, from damaged things that were considered trash, possibly. That were considered something you just get rid of can't use it, can't salvage it, can't do anything. That's not us, and that is not our lives. God can take and use anything. So whatever you have this morning, whatever situation you are in, whatever position you are in, if you are broken, if you are damaged, if you are shattered, if you are bleeding, if you are nothing more in feeling than a puddle on the floor, guess what? He can mop you up and use you too. He can use that too. Be encouraged, church. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. He can still use anything. He can turn graves into gardens. And he will do that. Just give it to him and let him do it. Because he loves you that much and you're that important to him and the goings on and the happenings of your life are that important to him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. search the world but it couldn't fill me man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough then you came along and put me back together Every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you.
mind that every part of these songs that we are singing is true all the time. So even if you sing it out of, out of what we consider time, it doesn't matter, it's still true. So you can sing whatever part of the song you want to sing at any time. say this mountain can't be moved they say these chains will never break they don't know you like we, like we do there is power in your name we've heard that there is no way tide will never change they haven't seen what you can do because there is power in your name so much power in your name move the immovable break the unbreakable God, we believe, God, we believe for it. From the impossible, we'll see a miracle. God, we believe, God, we believe for it. Thank you, Jesus. We know that hope is never lost. For there is still an empty grave. God, we believe no matter what, there is power in your name. So much power in your name. We'll see a miracle. God, we believe. God, we believe for it. You are the way when there seems to be no way. We trust in
beginning stage of faith and we don't know we're not too loud we're we're slow walking it I can't say I believe you yet but I can say thank you I can say hallelujah and then we get a little encouraged well you said it and I, I kind of believe it but I'm gonna go with it I'm, I'm gonna go with it because you never lie you said it said it, it is done, you said it, I believe it, you said it, and it is done, you said it, and I believe it, you said you said it. Hallelujah. We believe that it is done, Father. Hallelujah. Because you said it, and I believe it. Because you said it, now it is done. Hallelujah. You said it, I believe, and I believe it. You said it, and now it is done. Because you said Hallelujah. I believe it. Just because you said it. And it is done. Thank you, Jesus. Move the immovable. Break the unbreakable. God, we believe. God, we believe for it. From the impossible, we'll see a miracle. God, we believe, God, we believe for it. Thank you. We believe for it. We believe for you. Jesus, Jesus. Come on, church. 
I want to encourage you. We're just going to keep worshiping just for a moment. But I, we're going to pray. We're going to, we're, going to, we're going to believe what we just said. There are breakthroughs. There are miracles. There are signs. There are wonders that need to take place in our life, that can take place in our life, not because we're good enough, but because he's good enough, not because we love him enough, but because he loves us enough. His word says that we believe it. And maybe you're here today and you're saying, man, Kyle, I don't know if I can believe it. That's all right because God is not dissuaded by that. The Bible says there was a man, a father, who came and said, Jesus, I need you to heal my son. And he said, I can heal him. And he said, I'm not sure I can believe that, but help me in my unbelief. Help me in my unbelief. Help me in my unbelief. If you need a breakthrough today, if you need a healing, if you need, if you need deliverance from something, if there's something, oppression that's on your life, if you've been suffering with depression, suicidal thoughts, if there's an addiction that's hidden or even that's visible in your life, if there's a healing that needs to happen in you or out of you right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, church, believe for it. Believe for it. You cry out to Jesus. It's not my prayer. It's our prayer that has power. There's the power of prayer prayer of righteous men and women in this room gathered together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we believe your word is true. We believe that you are a miracle worker. We believe that you are Jehovah Rapha, the God who is healing itself. We believe that you said that the demoniac come out and the spirit had to come out. We know that you bring peace in the midst of disruption, Lord God. You bring a, you bring a, a, a provision in the midst of emptiness in the name of Jesus. You heal the blind, the sick, the lame, the possessed, the broken, the discarded, the disenchanted. You even raised Lazarus from the dead. So, Daddy, today we stand here in this room and we say, come and have your way. For those on our team today that are sick, in the name of Jesus, we just pray for you. We pray for healing in Jesus' name. For those who call this community of faith their home, we call healing in the name of Jesus. Supernatural breath of healing in Jesus' name. For children that are going through cancer right now, we speak the name of Jesus. Right now, in Jesus' name, be healed. To those parents, we speak peace and faith in the name of Jesus. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in our lives as it is in heaven. Father, let this song be the proclamation of our heart. We believe you for it. We believe you. We believe you. Your word says it. Even if we struggle with it, we believe it. In the name of the King who bought it all, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Yeshua Messiah, the one who was and is and always will be King of all things, in the name of Jesus, together we pray and say amen and amen and amen. Can you praise God for the miracle, maybe in your life, maybe in the person next to you, hallelujah. You're a miracle working God. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. Nothing's impossible. For you, Jesus, nothing, 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 nothing. Nothing's impossible. Woo! Man, nothing's impossible. What peace that should bring us? Because even if right now the circumstance hasn't changed, the king 
is already moving on the circumstance. How good, I don't know about you, but I, I take, there's a peace that happens sometimes in my life because sometimes in my life I get worked up and I, I lose my sense of peace. And the reason I lose my sense of peace is because I try to do it myself. Do I have any other doers in the room with me who are like, man, I just, I got, I'm going to, I got, I know I got, what do I, I got to do, I know God you want me to do, I got to do, I got to do. And he's like, would you shut up and sit down? But I'm not good at that, anybody, I'm not good at that. But see, that's when I'm in the way. Because if I can do it, I get the glory. But if I can't do it, and I empower us, Lazarus had no ability to raise himself from the dead. But at one word, at one word, Lazarus, 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 boom, something popped into that dead body. Life happened. I believe that story is true. I believe that story is true. I believe that story is true. And I believe the same Jesus that did it then is the same Jesus that can do it now. I believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on, church, this is Jesus. I know politicians sway back. Come on. I know politicians tell you one thing one day and do something else once they get elected. But my king is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same after he got to the throne that he was before he took the throne. My God is God. His name is Jesus. That's why we're here today. Sheila, that's why we can give thanks. That's why we spent so many minutes before we started to praise him just to thank him because he's worthy. He's worthy that we have breath this morning. Worthy you've got clothes today. Worthy you ate breakfast, or at least maybe some of you ate breakfast. Got some coffee. Worthy. Yeah, coffee's always worthy, right? That's all. Margo's like, amen. Hey, I hope that that song this week bursts something in your heart. That it's more than just a cool song that we sing. He's a way maker, a miracle worker. More than just a vibe or an atmosphere. I hope it's a proclamation of truth in us. Amen? Well, I'm so glad you're here today. Glad you got up. Before we send the kiddos out, because I'm so thankful, can you give a hand to our kids' ministry team? I know a lot of them are already back there, but they are amazing. Hey, before I send the kiddos out, is there any kiddo that has a birthday this month? Anybody? Any kiddo has a birthday this month? Birthday this month? Birthday this month? Is this your birthday month? Is this your birthday month? Is this your birthday month? You're going to want to say yes because this is your birthday month. Is this your birthday month? No? Is this your birthday month? No. Okay, he's saying no. Anybody have a birthday next month? Next month. You have a birthday next month. That's next month. Come on up here. Come here. Come on. Hurry up. Come on. Come on. You're going to want to come up here. Here's a gift card for you. Just because we love you and we believe in the most of you. Look, don't let mom and dad let us buy food or something. You go out and buy something you want to buy with it. Enjoy. Listen, this is what God does. That you don't deserve it. You didn't earn it. He just wants to bless you. That's what we're about here. We love you, dude. You're awesome. You know I love you. You're the best. Give him a hand. Kiddos, head out with Pastor Lisa. Kiddos, we love you. Hey, say hi to somebody before you're being seen and give them a high five. Oh. 
Somebody had a March 1st? Hey, hey, you have not because you ask not. That's all I'm saying. There's biblical lessons all over the place. And I'm telling you, you wanted that gift card. Hey, talking about uh, special blessings to this house. Um, we're celebrating Pastor Irene's birthday tomorrow. So happy birthday, Pastor Irene. You're such a blessing to us, to so many. Amazing. Look, if you have not got a chance to know Pastor Irene, there's such wisdom, such gifts of prophet, uh, prophetic gifts inside of her. Not to put her like, you know, put it out there so when you have coffee with her, you're like, tell me everything about my life. No, it's just, she's amazing. Compassionate and kind. Wonderful. Amazing cook, by the way. Hallelujah. Bless Jesus. Thank you, Irene. We love you. We really, really do. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready for the word. Are you ready for the word this morning? Mm. Yes. Are you ready for the word this morning? I need to get a drink. Sorry. Hey, well, open with me to 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel is the 10th book of the Old Testament. Um, we're going to finish. This is part two of what we started last week. And if you didn't get a chance last week to hear or be a part of it, can I encourage you, go back to the podcast, listen, um, because what we try to do, is, I'm not trying to get people to listen to the podcast, I'm trying to get us to understand, it's, you can't get everything into one message, so it's line upon line, precept upon precept, that's how we build lives, right, it's not one message, it's messages that God wants to bring into our life, and last week we started to talk about how do we get a seat at the table, and there's so much built into this American culture that is pushing us to make our way for our own promotion, for our own self-advancement. Uh, self and yet what we saw last week is it really comes from the king's invitation. It's a story between David and Mephibosheth we're going to look at again today. And if you need a, a, a title for today's message, it's Beyond the Breaking. Beyond the Breaking. And as I was thinking about it, I was thinking about this week, about this, this message, and I was thinking about one of our amazing mission partners that we partner with here at Connect um, called Mission of Hope. And they're, they're out of Haiti, and we love them. We love to do stuff with them. Obviously, with all the craziness that's going on in Haiti over the last few years, it's been hard for us to get there. Um, but we love being a part of what they're doing. And their, their ministry started in 1998 by two incredible people, Bob and Vanessa Johnson. They're awesome. And they, they knew they had a call from the Lord to go to Haiti and uh, to minister to, to, the, to the Haitians, which is, by the way, the poorest country in the North, Northern Hemisphere. And so they were there for a while, and they were ministering, and they were taking care of, of people, and they noticed something unusual. They noticed that it was really difficult for the children, whenever they were in an educational system, uh, structure, whether it was at school or at church or at Sunday school, for them to concentrate because they were always so hungry. They were always so hungry. So they did something that was pretty cool. They took an old uh, portable organ that they had used um, to, to play worship music at their meetings, and they sold it and bought a peanut grinder. And they bought a peanut grinder and then bought a ton of peanuts. And they started breaking apart these peanuts, taking off the outer shell, taking what's inside of it, putting it in the grinder, grinding it up, come on somebody, adding a few ingredients, and boom, peanut butter. It was peanut butter, jelly time, jelly time, oh, jelly time. But what I love, and they started to be able to feed the kid peanut butter sandwiches every day. And they saw this vast difference in children just by that one little act of breaking and grinding up what was once inside an outer shell. And what I love about that moment 
is that what struck me is that they traded a means to sing worship for a means to be worship. They traded a means to sing worship, which we love to do and it's fantastic, but what we're called to do is be worship. But it required the breaking of the outer shell. It required the ability to be ground up, to go through the grinder, and actually to make a difference. How many of us have ever felt like we've been through the grinder, through the ringer? Like our life or our emotions or our feelings have just been ground up in the midst of doing life or doing church or doing life with relationships with people. And if we've ever found ourselves in that place or maybe we not, do we, when we're feeling like that, do we come out swinging? I know sometimes I want to come out swinging. Do we retreat into our corner, just kind of protect ourselves? Or do we just try to keep it right on? I'm just going to keep it moving like nothing has affected us. Or do we wait and listen for the king's invitation? Does our spirit remind us that even through the breaking, our king still has blessing for our life? That he is the restorer of those things that the locusts in your life throughout the years, from little childhood through teenage years, to the mistakes in our 20s, come on somebody, to the foolishness in our 30s, to even the mistakes in our 40s. He is the restorer of all those things that the locusts have tried to eat. That's the promise in Joel 2.25, which is, by the way, right after Joel 2.23, which is promising the Holy Spirit's going to come and fall on all of us, men and women alike, in this age that we're living in. He said when the Holy Spirit comes, he will restore all the years and the things the locusts have eaten. Come on. My friends, our brokenness does not marginalize God's ability to move on our behalf. It very often gives him the space in us to invite us to a different place to be with him. Very often it's that moment, that space that's required for us to realize there's space at the table that he's calling us to. A time and an openness in that breaking that gives him the ability in us to change our identity, to change our proximity with him, to change our authority that he's given us, and even change the ability that we have to have legacy through him. That's the kind of king that we serve. That's the king that we're talking about here today. This is who he is. And in this text, we're going to finish looking at how David responds to Mephibosheth. Remember, Mephibosheth is, Saul, is, uh, is Saul's uh, grandson. He's an heir of the wrong kingdom. He was an enemy of David, right? And if we remember, uh, during the time, his nurse, when he was young, picks him up, and she's in such a hurry, she drops him. And because she drops him, he's lame in his feet the rest of his life. But even though he was once in the line of the enemy, and even though he was lame and could not be a warrior to help advance David's kingdom, he couldn't do it himself. David the king called him to his table and Mephibosheth's whole life was changed. My friends, this is the same thing that Jesus does for you and I. We have maybe, we've been through the grinder. We may be broken. We may be shattered. We may have no ability in and of ourselves to do and produce anything that would advance the kingdom on our own. We may have been through the grinder, but my king is making us into peanut butter. That's what I know. He's making me into peanut butter through the grinder. 
I still got some nuts in me. I'm still a little nutty. I like chunky peanut butter. My wife likes smooth peanut butter. If you love smooth peanut butter, you're wrong. Come on, somebody. Just wrong. Cast that demon out later. But this is Jesus. What we see with David is what we see Jesus does for us. Maybe today we can find some peace and find some encouragement to know that even if we've been broken, there's blessings beyond the breaking. Let's look at this verse. We looked at some of it last week. But it says in verse 3, Then the king said, Is there not someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. So the king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he is in the house of Makiri, the son of Amiel and Lodabar. Then David sent and brought him out of that house. Verse 11 says, As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of, my, one of the king's sons. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually. Come on, church, underline that. He ate continually at the king's table, and he was still lame in both his feet. And he was still lame in both his feet. I want to encourage us today. And I think some of us need to hear this today, that the king is whispering about you. The king is talking about you even without you being present. Even without you being present. And that should bring you and I some sense of peace. We, it should be comforting to you and I because we don't have to be in the right spot or we don't have to be completely whole. We can still be messed up. We can still be tattered. And the king still has you and I on his lips. The word says the king was talking to Ziba. By the way, we learned last week that Ziba means appointed servant, which is a picture of the Holy Spirit. The king was talking to Ziba about Mephibosheth before Mephibosheth ever heard the word that the king sent. He was talking about him before without even knowing the king was talking about him. Come on. We're not unseen in our brokenness, in our heartache, in our worry, in our stress. He has already been talking about you and I to his appointed servant before we even know the word he said. My king is talking about you before you even ever know what word he's saying. I think the challenge is, if we're honest, is in this world we're so used to people talking about us negatively when we're in these type of moments in our life, trying to marginalize us, Label us, diminish us, and in those moments, our soul starts crying out, get my name out your mouth. Get, you, be, you, better, you, 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 you better get your, my name out of your mouth. And our ears begin to shut down, do our best to shut down what is being said. And we close up and we get behind the walls of our defensive mechanisms in life and we do our best to let nothing in, not one word. I don't want to hear it. We shut it all down. I know for me, and I've said this before in here, that when I go through it, I have a tendency to shut down a little bit. I tend not to pick up my phone when people call, even if they're friends or pastors. I, I tend not to listen to my voicemails. I tend not to, I kind of delay reading texts. I, I don't go on social media. Why do I do that? Because I don't want to hear the words. 
I don't want to hear the words that are negative about me, and I'm not really ready to hear all the good reports other people have that I'm not experiencing in my life. There's so often in our lives, when we're going through the ringer times, that we shut down our ears to hearing the words, even the words of God about our life. And if we're not careful in these moments, we're in danger of becoming like Balaam. Do you remember the story of Balaam? The enemy is pressing on Balaam so, so much. He's putting so much pressure on Balaam to say and do one thing. God continues to try to get Balaam's attention, and he's can't, he, he, he shuts down. He doesn't listen to anybody. So Numbers 22 says God has to speak through a donkey. God has to show up and yell at Balaam through a donkey. Now, what's crazy to me in this moment is that Balaam's response to his donkey speaking is to yell back at the donkey to justify his position. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm walking along and my dog starts to talk to me, but do you see how closed off we can be? That even when God does something supernatural, brings a supernatural word from the pulpit, from a podcast, from a moment, from a friend, from a pastor, from a, something happens in your life, you start to yell back and say, I don't care what you're saying. And we start to justify our position because we've shut down. We don't want to hear the words. But what I love about this moment is this. Even though Balaam was in that position, the king still had a word for Balaam. You may have a Balaam moment, but the king still has a word. You may have actually dug in your heels, but the king still has a word. You may have ignored your donkey moment, but the king still has a word for you. The truth is there's a word. Before the situation came in your life, there was a word the king was speaking to his servant about you. Before it happened. You, before Mephibosheth received the word, the word had already been spoken. Isn't that what John 1, 1 says? In the beginning there was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Before there was time and space, the word existed. Then the word hopped into the chaos, and the chaos responded to the word. There is a word for you that is happening that the king is talking to his Holy Spirit, his servant about you about before you even know the situation that you're in. The king is speaking on our behalf before we even know it. What kind of king do we serve? I love that 1 John 2, 1 tells me this, that even when I'm in the midst of all of it, the mess of my life, I have an advocate, a lawyer, one who goes before the Father on my behalf. It is the righteous one, Jesus Christ. We don't have to earn it. We can't deserve it. Mephibosheth couldn't and didn't, and like us, he deserved death. But the king sees, and his love never fails. The king sees you, lame in your Lodabar moments, far away from Jerusalem, far away from the table. And before you got there, he was speaking about you. I love the story that we can see this in so clearly in Genesis chapter 16, it's the story of Hagar. Do you remember uh, Hagar was, uh, was Sarah's servant? And she gives her to Abraham, her husband, in order to have a child. She gets pregnant, and then they get upset with her, and they send her out. 
And she's out there wandering in the wilderness on her own, discarded, abandoned, disillusioned, upset, alone, frightened. And the Bible says God shows up. God shows up and begins to speak a blessing over her life, begins to speak a blessing about the child that she's carrying, begins to change the course of not only her moment, but her tomorrow as well. And she begins to stop and say, now I know he is El-Rohi. Now I know he is the one who sees me. You have a God. It's his name, El-Rohi. It's his name. It's who he is. He sees you. You may be wandering in the wilderness. You may be in the pigsty. Come on, like the prodigal son. You may be wandering away. You may be far off like the centurion servant who wasn't even there when Jesus said, go. And on his way, he was healed immediately. There is a word that my king has for you because he sees you and he sends the word. The only question is this, my friends, when we, you and I, and I find myself in this moment very often, when we're in our Lodabar moments, Lodabar we learn means no pasture and fruitlessness. When we're in the place of our fruitlessness, the only question we have to ask ourselves is, are we willing to wait and listen for his servant to speak? Are we waiting on his word? Because I know in these moments, it's so easy for our feelings to get ahead of our faith. And it's probably one of the greatest trip-ups that we have as Christians. We allow our feelings to get ahead of our faith. Why? Because in these moments, the one thing that we are focused on more than others is to ease the pain that we're going through. What will get me out of the pain? Because the pain steals our focus. The pain is the thing that's screaming at the top of its lungs. It needs to stop. It needs to stop. It needs to stop. So we'll do whatever it takes to ease the pain. But when David, the king, this image of Jesus, was in his own need of deliverance, he writes in Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and eventually heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the mire, out of the mud, out of the brokenness that I was in. He placed me on the rock that is Jesus. He put a new song in my mouth. He delivered me from top to bottom. There was a word, there was a word, there was a word, there was a word. Are we willing to wait for the word when we are in the midst of our low-to-bar moments? Because the reality is, if we will understand why he will always send his word, then we can wait patiently and wait for his word. If we'll understand why, he'll send it. We can find ourselves being patient to wait for it. Why he will send it is right there in the beginning of this text. In 2 Samuel 9, 1, the king says, it is for the kindness that I can show to Jonathan, my friend. Oh, that's good. It's because I'm a friend of God. No, no, no. We have to go back further than that. It wasn't simply so he could be kind. Kindness was a result of a covenant. David made a covenant with Jonathan. In 1 Samuel chapter 20, the Bible says that the two of them made a covenant together that they would, even remember, Jonathan is the son of Saul, enemy of David, that when he would choose David, the true king, that they would enter into covenant and that David, his, his whole line, his forever line, would bless and show kindness to the sons and the sons' sons and the sons' 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 sons of Jonathan, generation after generation after generation. There was a covenant that was there. And yup, 
in order to get into that covenant, Jonathan had to break from his family line. He had to lean into the love of the true king in order for this covenant to be fulfilled. Yes, there was a breaking of something in Jonathan and a leaning in that Jonathan needed to do. But no matter what happened, but no matter what happened, David the king fulfilled the covenant. We have a king that no matter what we are in will fulfill his covenant. That's the beautiful thing. Our king's covenant is not based on our goodness. It's based on his kindness. That's what Romans 2, 4 says. It says, why do you get so blown out of bits when God hasn't shown up when you want him to show up yet? I'm paraphrasing. He goes on to say this, because the kindness of God is meant to lead you to repentance. God is being kind and kind and kind and kind. Why? Because he wants to lead us closer to him. We have to trust that this word that he has for us, that he's speaking about us, is not like the social media trolls that find out you messed up. The word my king is speaking over you is a kind word. It might be a difficult word. It might be a challenging word. But we can trust it. Because it's a kind word. It's in order to move us from this place of abandonment to this table of adoption. Mephibosheth was in this, in this place of abandonment. But David, through the word, wanted to bring him into this place of adoption. God's word for you is to move you out of your distance from him so that you, you and he can grow in adoption together as sons and daughters of God. The truth is, my friends, we... If we come to know Jesus, we accept in our heart, we are covenant people. Our king has made a covenant with us. It's an unbreakable oath. That's what a covenant is. It's not a contract that's easily broken. It is an unbreakable oath. We celebrate it every time that we take communion. Every time. Luke 22, verse 20 says this. After supper, he took the cup filled with wine said, this is the cup of the new way believers should live, the new theology you should have, the, 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 the new kind of worship you should do. This is the cup of the new covenant. It is filled with my blood for the forgiveness of your sins. He is making a new covenant. We didn't make it with him. He made it with us. And the blessing was found in the breaking. This is the example Jesus gives us. Do you realize the blessing of the cross was found in the breaking of the king? The Bible says, he took my sin. He took my iniquity. The chastisement that brought me peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. There is a blessing in the breaking. That's what we rejoice every time his perfect body was broken so my imperfection could be made whole. His blood was shed so that I didn't die. His blood covers me and you. That's what we celebrate. It's not a contract, an ideology, or a theology. It's a covenant he made with you. It's why our response to this breaking needs to be our willingness to surrender and allow God to break our pride and our self-reliance and bring us to the table.
Realize that you and I are like Mephibosheth. We can't get there on our own. This is why Jesus says that to be a disciple, we've got to deny ourselves. Break. We need to pick up our cross. Breaking. We need to follow him, leaning in. This is what it means. In these moments where we find ourselves in Lodabar, it's not to feel guilty, shame, or condemned. It's to give ear to the Spirit. Because there's a word on its way to bring you from your place of abandonment to the table of adoption. And I think we need to see this in this text. That Mephibosheth was broken and unable to produce anything for his own life. He was broke and busted up. Anybody ever been broke and busted, right? You broke and busted up. But because of the covenant, because of the what covenant? Because of the covenant. The king sent his servant not only to bring Mephibosheth to the table to be with the king, but to do in the natural for Mephibosheth what Mephibosheth was unable to do for himself. I need to say that to you. I need somebody to hear it. The, our king will send his servant to do in the natural what you cannot do in the natural for yourself. It's right here in this text. In verses 9 and 10, the king turns to Ziba, the spirit, and he says, restore to Mephibosheth all the properties that he lost, all the land that he once had. Matter of fact, take your sons and your servants and plow up the ground and bring in the harvest for this man. Bring a harvest to Mephibosheth. Resource his life. Even though he's going to eat at the table and he doesn't need all of it, be a blessing to his life. Come on, Mephibosheth couldn't get out there and till the soil. He couldn't plow it up on his own. He couldn't pull in the harvest. He had to count on the appointed servant to do it. Church, in the 21st century, American Christians, we need to learn to trust on the and rely on the appointed servant, the Holy Spirit, to do in the natural what we cannot do on our own. We need to be praying in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit and waiting patiently for the Spirit to do what we cannot do. Because the king didn't heal his feet, so Mephibosheth couldn't do it. But because Mephibosheth was broken... The servant did it on his behalf. Isn't that what Galatians 5 tells us? We can't get love and joy and peace and happiness all on our own. We try and fail all the time. So it says the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, the spirit produces things in our life that we can't do on our own. Matter of fact, we can't do supernatural things on our own. We can't get the gifts of the Spirit to manifest because we've given money or because we've served in kids or because we were on the platform singing. We can only allow the Holy Spirit to move in us and through us and allow His Spirit to minister the way He wants to minister in our lives. It's not our reliance, it's His. I think too often we miss out on the breakthroughs of the covenant because we're waiting for our feet to be healed rather than relying on the Spirit to bring in a harvest. All right, God, when are you going to heal my feet? When are you going to heal my feet? When are you going to heal? Shh, I'm bringing in the harvest. You don't even need what I'm, you don't need your feet healed. Because I got, I got someone and something doing what you can't do anyway. By the way, I think it's really cool that in Hebrew, the Bible says in verse 10, by the way, that there are 15 sons and 20 servants that are going to do this for him. Fifteen sons of twenty servants. Fifteen in Hebrew is the number for rest after deliverance. Rest after deliverance. 
It was the 15th day that starts the Feast of Eleven Bread. It starts the Feast of Passover. It starts the Feast of Tabernacles. All of those are days of rest. It was on the 15th day that the children of Egypt, uh, the children of, uh, of, of God were leaving Egypt. They got out of oppression and they were walking into freedom for the first day. They were resting after the deliverance. And 20 goes hand in hand with it. Because 20 in Hebrew is the number for complete, a completed waiting period. It was after 20 years that Jacob finally got his wives and all of his property. It was 20 years that the Ark of the Covenant, after it had been taken to Babylon and returned, that it had to wait in a house before it was brought into Jerusalem to live in the temple for permanency. I love this because I think there's a word for you and I. This is what we need to learn how to do in these moments, to rest in the deliverance of our king and wait for on his servant to bring in his harvest, our harvest for it to pass season after season after season. How in, the, how in these moments can I rest in the Lord? How can I wait on the Holy Spirit to show up and to move? Isn't this what Ezekiel 47 says? Ezekiel 47 says that there are trees, trees are people in the Old Testament, Trees that are, that are drinking from the living water that is coming from the throne of God. And wherever they are drinking from the living water, the Spirit of God, their leaves will not wither. Their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit month after month, season after season after season after season. Can I encourage you, if you're in a breaking time, if you're going through the grinder, if you're tired, if you're stressed, if you're worn out, there's a time to rest in the deliverance of our King and wait for the Spirit to do in the natural what you can't do for yourself. He can do through the supernatural what you can't do in the natural. But I think the issue for us, if we're honest, is when the state of our feet determines the response of our faith, we often miss out on the joy of the table. When the state of our feet determines the response of our faith, we miss out on the joy of sitting with the king. Because the reality is, my friends, the, the king, like with Mephibosheth, the king can change our identity. So that we're no longer in the line of Saul, but now we're children of God. He can change our proximity to him. He can bring us to the table and close the gap of intimacy that we have with him. He can even change our authority. Like Mephibosheth, we now can live with a delegated authority as a prince or princess of heaven. He can change our identity. He can change our proximity. And he can change our authority. But only you and I can change our indignation. Our indignation, this sense that this still isn't right, this still isn't fair, that my feet aren't healed. I deserve better. I deserve to be healed. Indignation. And it is indignation that will rob our joy. It is indignation that will rob our faith. It is indignation that will rob our peace. This still isn't fair. Why did they get healed and I didn't? Why did they get children and I'm still barren? Why did they get that good husband and mine's still a mess? It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. And unfortunately, when we live in this kind of indignation, we're going to end up like the wrong thief on the cross. Do you remember there are two thieves on the cross? One thief turns to Jesus, and he's like, Jesus, man, I know I'm a mess. I need you. And Jesus said, cool, you're in. Tonight you'll be with me in paradise. 
The other thief, upon hearing this, turns to Jesus and says, If you're really him, get me off the cross. I deserve to be down. It's not fair that I'm up here. If you're really who you say you are, this is how my life shouldn't look. And the trap in this, my friends, is that we want the king to change our disability rather than actually deal with our issue of proximity. Because the real brokenness was not the lameness in Mephibosheth's feet. It was his absence from the table. Our true disability is not the things in our life that are not perfect. The real disability in our life is the gap of intimacy that exists and we allow between ourselves and the love of our king. Because the reality is you and I will never be perfect. We'll never be perfect until, the, until we step through that veil. And then when we step through that veil, we'll be made like him instantly. Like a thief in the boom, instantaneously we'll be made like him and we'll be perfect. So the real measure of our healing in this life is the proximity that we keep to him, not the perfection that we're trying to obtain to impress him. The real measure of our healing is how much am I willing to be close to him when being close to him reveals everything I'm not and everything he is. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 16, 26, what does a prophet, you and I, if you and I gain the whole world, but lose our soul. What does it matter if we get all the favor of God and blessings and we get scholarships and we get the best boyfriend or girlfriend or, or we get the best jobs or the best promotions? What does it matter that, but if at the end of the day, the gap between he and I is still there? I still haven't come to the table. I still haven't surrendered. See, it was out of his love that the king gave Mephibosheth Provision of fruit and resource. But it was also out of that same love that kept him at the table with his feet lame. That is hard to wrestle with. The same love that gave him the harvest is the same love that kept him at the table with his feet lame. The blessing was found in the fruit and the resource, but the purpose of his life was found at the table. Why? Because at the table he could learn how to live as a son. At the table he could be at peace knowing that nothing could remove him from this table because of the king's covenant and the king's command. And I think this is where we get it muddied in modern day Christianity because we've come to believe that the blessing, uh, that the blessing is the purpose. That the purpose of living out this Christian life, of trying to do good, trying to live out the right things, trying to actually get our life in order, is to make sure we get the blessing, the prosperity, the good things that come with God. And because we've learned to believe that in our life, we start to chase the blessing rather than the blesser. The coin rather than the king. The treasure rather than the table. The reality is, my friends, that getting the resource is a blessing. But the king's purpose for our life is always been intimacy with us at the table. The table. Is that how you measure your healing? The table? See, when we look at this, we have to understand the miracles of Jesus were always there to remove the obstacles in the human hearts. They were never meant to be the obsession of the human heart. Let me say that again. 
the miracles of Jesus were always there to remove the obstacles that we all have in our heart so that we could see who he is. But the miracles of Jesus were never meant to be the obsession of the human heart. There's a, a commercial on TV that says, obsession leaves an impression. It's, 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 there's this big butt mark in a, in, a, in a guy's comfy chair. And it shows that he sits there all the time. And what it shows is what fits in that chair most easily is the big behind of the guy who's obsessed with the chair. And it made me ask the question, what fits most easily in the hearts of us as disciples? The blessings of Jesus or intimacy with him? What are we most obsessed with? What fits at that table most easily? Because what I love about Mephibosheth is that he could have used his pain and problem to eat at the king's table, but to find solace in the frustration of another. And I think a lot of times that's what we do. We, we get the goodness from God's table, but then we're trying to find peace. We're trying to find joy. We're trying to find a sense of completion with other things and other people. So we keep looking when everything we need is at the table. I know, but my feet are still broken. I know, but everything you need is at the table. Yeah, I know, but what, what I really have always dreamt of is being able to dance. I know, but everything you need is at the table. See, at that same table, my friends, was Absalom, David's son, the one who would rebel against him, the one who would cause division, who would cause pain, who would cause death. Does that sound like anyone else we know? Because Jesus said the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, bring division. Can I tell you, at the table, there's always going to be the voice of the enemy that says, hey, you still should be frustrated. Hey, you still should be disillusioned. Hey, you still should be indignant about the fact that you might be at Jesus' table, but he didn't heal your feet. Look at all the things you still got to go through. And the word says that Absalom went to the city gate, and he was seditious against David's rule and reign. He would talk bad about him all the time. And what we have to understand is that, the, that it would be natural for someone who was lame to also go to the city gate in order to beg for money. Isn't that what we see in Acts 3 when Peter and John go to the temple? They find the lame man by the gate called Beautiful. But because of the love he experienced at the table with the king, Mephibosheth stayed right where the king had placed him. My friends, if we could get this. Because of the love he experienced at the table with the king, he stayed right where the king had placed him. It may not be where he wanted to be or where he dreamt about being or what he thought would fulfill his life, but when he, got under, when he understood the love of the king, he stayed right there. See, this is not about repositioning ourselves in the natural. It's about repositioning our natural selves. There's a natural self that needs to be repositioned in this and to be told that the love of God is more than enough. The love of God is everything and more. And we need to close our ear to the enemy. We need to give no room for the enemy's lies. We need to have no space for disillusionment nor indignation in our life when we're sitting at the table. I was reading... A book the other day uh, about a disciple who was living in Syria who got a call from God. 
you understood he got a call to God to go minister to the Druze people. The Druze people live in the mountains. And they have a very strict religion on their own. And after a year of actually experiencing violence, he didn't have one convert. Not one. Not one. He was sitting at the table. He was talking about it with his wife. And they're like, man, did we miss it? And I, I, can't, I, I think maybe we shouldn't be here. And then they said, no, no. We know that these are just lies of the enemy. We know that God, the king, has sent us a word and that this is where we're supposed to be. That very night, there was a knock on the door. It was a Druze father who had come with his daughter, who was terminally ill. They went to uh, this, this Druze man's house, and he said, will you pray for my daughter, please? This man got down, began to pray in the name of Jesus. After he got done praying, he asked her, Did you, uh, do you feel any different? She said, no, I don't feel any different. I'm just hot all over. Mm, Holy Spirit. She's like, can you open the window? I'm hot. The father said to this man, I've never felt power like that before when anyone else has ever prayed. Thank you for praying for my daughter. He went away not knowing anything that happened. Two weeks later, there was another knock at his door. He opens up the door. There's a line of 50 Druze men and women who are outside of his door. And they all started to say, will you pray for me in the name of Jesus? Will you pray for me in the name of Jesus? And he said, why would you want me to pray for you in the name of Jesus? And all of a sudden, the father and this little girl come dancing, jumping down the path towards this man. She is has color, she looks great, and the father says, hey, after you prayed, we took her to Damascus, to the best hospital, and the doctors came together, and they checked her, and there's not any sign of the disease left. It is completely gone. They are amazed, so I didn't have a choice. I had to tell all of my friends about the power of Jesus' name, and that you prayed for them in Jesus' name. That's why they're all here, and testimony, and testimony, and testimony about healing followed time and time and time again but my friends the greatest miracle was that he stayed when it looked fruitless because he knew the word of the king had spoken to him and trusted that the king would be faithful he rested and waited for the servant to do what the servant can do come on how many of us know Psalm 23 says he sets, sets a table before us in the presence of our enemies so that his love and his compassion and his mercy and his grace are magnified in their presence. That is why we must stay at the table, eat continually at the table, and wait for the servant to bring in the harvest. I started with a story about Mission of Hope. And for years... They dug well after well after well on their property, and there was no good water anywhere on their property, which caused a problem when you're trying to prepare food for people and take care of people and run uh, medical facilities for people. And then January 12, 2010 happened. It was a 7.0 magnitude earthquake hit the island, and there was devastation everywhere. Matter of fact, for years afterwards, even when we were working there, devastation was still there. But even in the midst of the shaking, something supernatural happened at Mission of Hope. See, because of the earthquake, the tectonic plates underneath Haiti began to shift. And there were fissures that began to open up specifically 
right under of spring water, of spring water, of spring water started to spring up all over the property. Come on, what wasn't there before? The shaking produced. What wasn't there before, the shaking produced. They were faithful. They kept digging the well and digging. They knew they were called to be there. They knew they were called to take care of the kids. They had a word from the king. Now all they had to do was rest and wait for the shaking to happen. Sometimes, my friends, it's actually, we feel like we're going through the shaking, but out of the shaking, there are some things that shifted in us. The rock is struck, just like Moses struck the rock in the wilderness, and new water comes out of you. Well, I've never had an experience with the Holy Spirit. I've never actually prayed in tongues. I've never actually moved in the gifts of the Spirit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Awesome. Sometimes it takes a shaking in the fact that he healed me. The goodness of my king is that he could love somebody like me. Many people in the Bible got healed and kept right on moving. Matter of fact, John says books couldn't even fill the earth. I, there's not enough books in the earth to contain all the miracles Jesus did. People got fed. Thousands got fed and kept it right on moving. But when you are loved, it's a different story. When you are truly loved, it's hard to let go of it. Because that's what our heart is really longing for. I bet Mephibosheth would have given anything to be able to be loved the way that he was. Even if it meant his feet, he still could not walk. This is the greatest gift that we could be given. This is what we should honor. This is the gospel we should be proclaiming. And it's the gospel we should be telling everyone that Jesus loves us. Jesus loves us. Jesus loves us despite us, in the midst of us, knowing everything about us. He loves us. Why do people want to be famous? So they can feel like people love them. Why do people want to be rich? So they can have enough around them to not care if people don't love them. Why do people want to be successful? To believe that they've done one thing in common. After they've received all those things, they are still empty without love. At the table, we find the king. And in the king, we find love. And love never fails. The measure of our health and healing is not found in the perfection that we're trying to obtain in order to impress him. It's found in our willingness to stay in proximity and closeness with him at the table. There's an old song that I've been singing all week when I've been writing this. Come to the table that he's prepared for you. The bread of forgiveness, the wine of release. Come to the table you to join in the peace. It's the table. It's the table. It's the table. Sometimes we got to allow the outer shell to be broken so that what's inside can be ground up by his holy passion. shake up the tectonic plates underneath our life and release the spirit 
that's inside and brings to the table. So here's the altar call. What's keeping you from the table? How far is the gap between where you are and where he is? I can't answer that question. Your spouse can't answer that question. Your forge leader or shoulder-to-shoulder leader can't answer that question, but you can. What needs to get shaken out of you? And are you willing today to allow him to break you and to lean into him, to love him, so that you can come to the table he has for you? Let's pray. What a gospel we've just heard. Mephibosheth was David's enemy. He was from the wrong kingdom. He was lame and broken. He had nothing to his name. He was fruitless, without any pasture, without anything. And the love of the king brought him to the table. The love of the king brought him to the table. So here's the truth. You are broken. I am broken. The person in front of you, behind you, who's listening online, we're all broken. We have no means to come to the table. But I promise you, There are things and obstacles we've placed, reasons why we're not going to come, things that if God will do for us, then we'll come. Here's the truth. He has a word for you, and his word is come to the table that I've prepared for you, the bread of forgiveness and the wine of release. It's at this table that you can find peace. So if you find yourself in any way distant from God, whether you've never accepted him as Lord and Savior before, or whether you've prayed that prayer before, but today you know there's distance, there's still a gap, there's still a bit of indignation, there's still a loss of joy, there's still a I have to do it myself, there's still too much pride, and still too much self-reliance in the midst. Today's the day to allow him to shatter it, to break it, and know there's a blessing behind the breaking. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask you all to join me in prayer. But if that's you, if you want to close the gap, whether you're a foot away from the table, 500 miles away from the table, whether you've been eating there for years but have taken a break for a few months or you're still in the pigsty and never even seen the table, Jesus is inviting you to come. And it's as easy as asking him, repenting of your sin, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. Giving him his li- your life, be my Lord and Savior. 
make me a child. That's what we're going to pray. So pray with me, and let's let the Spirit work today. Whatever it is, repent. Whatever it is, break free. You want revival? It's not found in a place. It's found in a king. It's found in the Spirit of God moving among his people. It's found in a willingness to come to the table and to lay everything out and to say, I'm not afraid that my feet are going to stay crippled when my heart is close to my king because the only thing that matters is me and him, the distance being closed. The only thing that matters is that I'm one of his now, that I'm a child of God, that there's no distance between us. All that matters now is the love that I have for my God and the love my God has for me. Come on, today is the day. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, here I am today. I've come to repent. I'm asking you to forgive me. I've tried to do it my own way. And I know there's distance between us. So I'm asking you today to be the Lord and Savior of my life. To close that gap. I respond to your invitation. I say yes to your table. Fill me with your spirit. Make me your child today. I choose today to live for you, to love you, and to use my life as a means of worship towards you. From this day forward and forevermore, I won't look back and I won't go back. I'm staying at the table. That is my decree. I am staying at the table. In Jesus' name, amen, and amen, and amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for lives that are changed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, church, for being willing to take that journey. And maybe you weren't there today ready to pray that, but can I encourage you maybe to chew on this word and allow the word to work inside of you a little bit today. This week, go back over it. If you're waiting for a breakthrough, realize the breakthrough might not be the circumstance changing, but it may be you changing in the midst of your circumstance. Mephibosheth went to heaven with lame feet. You and I are going to go to heaven with a lot of imperfections in our life. The blessing that Mephibosheth had in his life is the blessing that you and I have in our lives. That regardless of our brokenness, the king still wants us at his table. Enjoy the table. Enjoy the king. Amen? Amen. Pastor Rick, can you come up? Can you guys give Pastor Rick a hand just one last time? We've got one last thing to do before we leave today. So thankful for today. Thank you, Pastor Kyle. What a profoundly simple and challenging message that was. Thank you so much, Pastor Kyle. It's preaching every week just gets more inspiring and better and better and better. Um, I'm here to encourage you in your giving. We appreciate your giving, and there's a lot of different ways you can give. If you have a smartphone, you can point your camera at any of the QR codes around the room. If you don't have a smartphone, you can give me the money, and I'll eventually make sure it gets <laughs> to where it's... No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. You can deposit, we have these envelopes all around uh, in the room, and you can put them in the kiosk that are at, at the doors. And uh, you can also do automatic giving. You can go online and find out how to do that as well. 
Pastor Carl said something to me recently that uh, really hit me hard. He said, you know, the greatest motivation for giving is love. And I like that. At a later time, I had another conversation with him uh, about a topic that um, at first I wasn't really getting what he was trying to share. I was resistant to it. And uh, he was trying to help me with the truth of the matter. And he asked me a question. He said, what are you afraid of? And <laughs> I don't think anybody ever asked me that question. And I realized that my reluctance to see the truth was based, was fear-based. And I remembered that the Bible said that the heart's deceitful. Who can trust it? And it really helped me see what he was trying to help me see. And there may be some of you here today that uh, have difficulty, have a reluctance to give the way God wants you to give, be it tithing or other types of offerings. And uh, my encouragement to you, because it was a healthy thing for me to go through, is ask yourself this question. What am I afraid of? So good. Do I want a better table? And we just heard what Pastor Kyle said. That the bread on our tables is sufficient to follow the word of God. And if you come up with that, yeah, I'm a little, I'm, I'm afraid. Maybe this won't be met or there's going to be a lack here. The solution to that is really another scripture in 1 John 4, 18. There's no fear in love. And perfect love, which is Jesus, cast out all fear. So allow him, as he's been sharing all morning, wait at his table and allow him to give you the grace to be able to not only do, do what you're supposed to do in terms of giving, but the grace to be able to see it clearly in your heart out of that motivation of love yes. and conquer that fear with his grace and love. So let's pray right now for you. We thank you, Lord, for the, the words that we're getting, the pure word. They're not complex words, Lord. They're your spiritual words, and we thank you, and we embrace it today. We thank you for this offering to be used for the furtherance of the gospel, for the advancement of the kingdom, and we just thank you for blessing this. We thank you that we are fortunate to be in this church to be able to hear the truth, and you are the truth. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, give Pastor Rick a hand really quick. Hey, church, can you guys just stand with me really, really, really quickly as we go? Thank you for being here today. Thank you for investing your time and your, your tithe, your treasure, your talents into this house. What you do and who you are makes a difference. I love the fact, just the thing that I keep going back to is, God, how can I not just be a means to sing worship to you, but be a means to be worship for you? What a God we serve. Let me pray over you as we go. Encourage you, if you haven't signed up for Shoulder to Shoulder or Forge, which is our men and women's discipleship groups, get in them. Help you walk this stuff out. Father, we love you. Daddy, I thank you for every man and woman here today. Every teenager, every kiddo in that children's ministry today. Daddy, we're believing. We're thanking you for your love. We're thanking you for your wholeness. We're thanking you for your faithfulness and for your kindness. We thank you for who you are, that you are the God that sees and the God who says and the God who sends. 
You're all of those things. And so today I pray perfect peace that you guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus as we go through this week. That you open up our eyes to see the things in our life that keep us from you. Release your spirit in us and out of us and through us, Lord God, that we may see things change in ourselves and in others. That we may be the good news to people around us. Not that we can be better, but that you love us just the way we are. That your love desires for us to be drawn ever closer to the holiness of our King. Thank you for the table. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for the cross that enables us to come. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you guys. I'll see you next week. I love you.